Today, Annie Warren gives us a breakdown of the stages, symptoms, red flags, and more about grief and depression. What are the stages? What are the stages, symptoms, and the red flags of grief and depression? Okay, at first, let me explain that grief and depression are two different things. Mm -hmm. Even though depression can be one of the symptoms of grief, depression has a whole diagnosis of its own. Okay, now let me start with depression. With depression, there are three sections of, of moods, of, of symptoms that you can have. You can have the emotional signs, you can have the physical signs, and the social signs. Now with the emotional signs, the symptoms you will look for is low mood. In other words, a person looks sad. And, and you know their behavior is, is down. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, low self-esteem. You may feel like I'm not worth living, or nobody cares about me. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Okay, and lack of, of motivation. But you don't feel like you don't find the need to do the thing that you're normally used to doing. Difficulty making decisions. Like you can't make up your mind what you want to do because you're depressed. You don't have any enjoyment in life anymore. You can deal with anxiety, uh, uh, self-harming behavior. You can be tearful, uh, feelings of guilt because um, because you're depressed, irritability, losing your temper, and feeling empty and hopeless. Those are the emotional symptoms of, of, of the depression. The physical symptoms could be like changing appetite. Most people, when they're depressed, they don't feel like eating. But the other side of the coin is that sometimes people overeat because they're depressed. Because some eating gives you a a high. You ever heard people say, "I like eating because it's fun"? No, I never heard that. I never I heard nobody heard say that. <laughs> they say they like to eat to eat because it's fun. See, so when you eat, the food that goes into your body gives you a a uplifting sensation, especially if you're eating something sweet. Mm -hmm. See me with oh. my, see me with my depression. I I don't eat. I like if I do like it'll be a smoothie or something a day, but food wise, I don't eat. Mm -hmm. So that's me with my depression. Like this, I'm in my this is my second time being you know like real depressed from when I lost my grandma. Like when I lost my grandma, like the first year that I started grieving, I didn't grieve when she left. The second year, no appetite. Well, at the beginning, there was an appetite because I had gained weight. So then again, when I got deep in that, you know, stage again, no appetite. Well, let me ask you something. When you had an appetite and you gained weight, were you eating because you were hungry or were you eating because it made you feel better? I'm going to be honest. I would eat and lay down, eat and lay down, like no type of interest in that. Go to school, come home in the dark. And you know, even like, like it was. I don't know. I was always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something to think about. Cause some people do overeat, and they eat because it just makes them feel better. I've had my issues with depression as well, and my depression was late was related to grief because of the loss of my husband. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, I I had to pay attention to myself, I would find myself eating with friends and family and coworkers. And I would eat anything that wasn't nailed down. <laughs> I would, you want that on your plate? Can I have that? <laughs> and would be full. And when I would eat it, I would get a, a little bit of joy from eating. 
And of course, I gained a lot of weight during that time, but I had to let myself, I had to get myself lined up. It took some time, but I had to get myself lined up because I was eating myself into obesity, mm-hmm. trying to feel better. Okay, uh, um, waking up, having a sleep disturbance is also a physical form of, of, of depression. A restlessness as well. Sometimes people don't sleep well, don't sleep through the night. It took me some years to start sleeping all the way through the night when normally a storm wouldn't even wake me up. Because I was a heavy sleeper. Mm-hmm. But after the, after I went into that depression, just uh, not sleeping through the night was common. Like, okay, talk, and like talking and turning. Well, yeah, I wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. That was out of the ordinary for me. And when that happened, and when that happens with me, that's when I get up baking cookies. When I, ch- I just cook, like I just be having some having to do something. <laughs> do you eat what you cook when you do it? I'm gonna. I eat like a small portion of the real. I'll be like, I don't even know. I just. I think I just have to get up and do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if it works for you, but uh, normally I try to stay there until I go back to sleep. Because if I didn't, I would be tired the next day not able to function the way I normally would function because I didn't have no sleep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and social signs is, is not doing well at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in contact with friends or not enjoying activities that you previously used to enjoy. Like, I used to love to dance. I didn't want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to, uh, or having difficulty with your friends and your family. Uh, you're not getting along with anybody. Those are those are things that are that are symptoms of depression. But uh, the stages of grief is well. Just let me tell you the stages of grief, and that will help you to understand a little bit more why grief and depression are are two totally different things. Okay, the stages of the grief, stages of grief is denial, such as when you lose someone, it's hard for you to believe that that person is gone. You don't want to really accept that that person is gone. Now, I had a really hard time with that, with denial. Yeah. I didn't tell a whole lot of people what was going on in my mind because you know how we are as African Americans. If you don't act a certain way, then they're going to consider you crazy, you know? So uh, with my denial, I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and my husband wouldn't be there. Sometimes I would be thinking, did he really even exist? Did I dream that he was I, that he was my husband? And I would look in the closet, his clothes would be. I said, yeah, he was real. <laughs> he was here. That was in the, at the first beginning of everything. It, it's really hard during that time, but it does get better as time goes on. Okay, and I anger. Think, I think that's a myth. That what? Does it get better as time yes, goes on? Yes, it, it For me, it get worse over time. It get worse over time. I think well, everybody different, but like I'm still in denial. I still haven't accepted. Like it's going on six years. Um, October, that my grandma me. I still haven't accepted. Still in denial. I'm like, like when I go to the cemetery, I'm just looking at the name and the birthday. I'm like, nah. I'm like these these days got to be different. Like this can't be that you know that chair. Um. Yeah. Well, though, denial is a part of grief. Mm-hmm. And, and that does sound like you're in denial. I mean, I can't diagnose you. You know, I'm just saying that's what it sounds like. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and anger is another uh, 
stage of grief. You uh, I found myself being angry with other people. Uh, why did it have to be my husband? Why why wasn't somebody else's husband? When my father died, my father died from cancer, and the neighbor across the street from me had cancer. Mm-hmm. And I would, when I would see that man outside, I would get angry because, well, sitting down, it's not fair for my father to die from cancer. And he's still there. He got cancer. Why that be my father? Those are, those are normal, those are normal uh, mindset when it comes to grief. Okay, and here's the fourth thing is depression. Once you get past the denial part, yeah, you don't have to punish. Right, in yeah. grief, once you get past the denial part in grief, more than likely, that's when you get depressed. Because you have accepted that they're gone, but you're sad that they're gone, which is normal, which you should feel that way. There's another stage of grief, too, uh, bargaining. The bar- with bargaining, you kind of like saying, well, what if I had done this? Maybe I should have done something else. Um, but God, if you if you let me alive, I serve you the rest of my life. Things like that, you know, those bargaining. But of course, those things are normal, but they don't they don't help. And acceptance is once you get to the point where you have finally decided that this person is gone and they're not coming back. That's the acceptance stage. Then you have pretty much made it through the rough part of grieving. And just for the record, these things don't have to happen in any certain order. And you don't have to have them all. Right. And just because you make it through one one part of one or other stage, it don't mean you won't go back to. Well, I'm gonna be honest. From what you just named, I'm in the you know the first four, but the last one, I don't think I never get to that one. But I'm like, I really just okay. I just learned from you that I'm still in the first four. Everything okay. at once. So. But that, that they could be done one at a time, or they can be in combination with each other. Okay, but. Getting to acceptance doesn't mean that you're not going to miss them. It doesn't mean that everything is over. You learn to live your life without that person in your life. Grief comes from loss. And you don't have to be grieving the loss of a person. You can be grieving the loss of a job, a loss of a, a significant relationship in your life. Maybe you ended up getting a divorce or... or um, the person's not dead, they're just no longer in your life anymore. Or uh, someone moved away and you miss them. All of the all of these things are lost. Loss of an ability to do something in your life. Like if someone is used to working for themselves and caring for themselves and living alone and being independent, sometimes people end up in positions where they have to have help. It doesn't mean that the help is not good. It's just that the person is missing not having to have the help. That's a loss to them. So they're going to go through the stages of grief as well from, from things like that. Okay, and what you can do as far as, as grief is concerned is to self-care. You need to take care of yourself. You need to ensure that you are eating if you are the type of person who don't want to eat because they're grieving. Um, You need to prepare yourself for things that you did with that person, such as holidays and um, outings 
gig with them. You need to prepare yourself for those things because when they come, they're not going to be the same. They're not going to feel the same. So you need to get ready for those things. And with grief, you need to grieve. You need to lean into it. Some people call it leaning into it. Mm-hmm. But actually what you're doing is you are allowing the grief to happen so you can progress through it, process through it. Because if you try to fight it, it's just going to remain inside of you until you work through it. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so if you're fighting the fact that your grandmother is gone, she's and and, and well, you're you're opening yourself up to not processing the grief. I'm still, I don't want to try. I'm still. I'm not, I don't want to try. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm still in process mode. Like, I'm still processing it because, like, my grandma, she was on life support, and she fought, made it off life support. And I tell you, like, seeing her hooked up to all those machines and, you know, seeing her, you know, doing bad. So, you know, coming out good, and it was during the fall break. I spent my whole fall break at the hospital, you know, just me, um, you know, just me out of all her grandchildren. The other ones, they go visit, but, you know, they got banded from the hospital. But, you know, I was the only one there, so I was in the room, like, when she woke up, and, you know, <laughs> I was in there when she woke up, like, I seen, you know, my grandma, to do better, like, she took tests and everything. She passed all her tests, vitals, everything looking good. So, she was coming out, like, there was Tuesday, October 18th, I'll never forget. She was supposed to come home on the 19th. So, you know, before she leaves, she was back up on herself, talking about what she gonna cook, all that, this and that. So it's like for me seeing my grandma do bad to good, about to be ready to come home, then go home a few hours later, boom, my auntie come to the house saying that like nah I'm still processing it. Like I that's why I can't accept it, like, nah. Yeah. So yeah. It's just I, I have the grief different. Like a lot of people tell me, you know, you need to get over these deaths, like, nah, y'all can't tell me how to feel about, you know, people I love. And that was the first person I lost ever close to me. Like 16 years, that's when I first met them, and it's like since then, all I've been seeing is, you know, behind the scenes on TV shows and seeing my loved ones go down the ground, like, that's all I've been seeing lately, so it's like a normal to me, and I know I was, see, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure that you're processing these things with your mental health provider, right? Yeah, most definitely. Like, oh, she she helped me get through my days, though. Like, oh, you know, whenever, you know, things get heavy, you know, like too heavy and I need to talk or, you know, get some stuff off my chest, how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking. So I call, you know, we, we talk and, you know, some things I really try not to tell her at the time, but, you know, she get out of me some way, you know, some way. So, you know, yeah, I, you know, cry all that, you know, feel better after than, you know, some yeah, different different days, different times. It'll come back, but it don't be as hard as it was before I talked to her. Well, just let me say that I think it's wonderful of you to take care of yourself, to uh, get a, a mental health provider in order to help you to cope with the things that you're going through in your life, especially being a young African American male, because in our society. Mental health is not that popular among us. Mm-hmm. Getting going to a therapist is, has a stigma attached to it. That if you go to see a therapist, you must be crazy. 
Slow, um, stupid, dumb, yeah, all um, those. Yeah. What are, um, what are the important red flags, you know, that comes with grief? Okay, now grief. Now, if a person gets depressed, they get depressed to the point where they feel like they don't want to live anymore, or they feel like they're gonna harm themselves. If they start giving away valuable items, it's because they have made peace with the fact that they're no longer going to be here on this earth. So that would be the time for the for the mental health professional to talk with that person and find out what their intent are. And if that person expressed or demonstrated an intent that they're going to harm themselves or, or, or take their life, then you need to notify the proper authorities to save that person from themselves. Okay, I have one last question before we get off. What else, I mean, not okay. one question, well, it's, it's a question. What, <laughs> what are some tips you can share, you know, to those who are watching that's currently dealing with grief, you know, that don't know how to deal with it, or, you know, start to deal with it? Okay, I would say to anyone who's dealing with grief, this is something that, to grieve, to go through what you have to go through, the grieving process. 